Thank you for downloading this podcast from the Freedom Centre Church in Preston. So last week, for those of us who were here last week, um, Matt did a, a session and interviewed a few different people um, on the subject of work and employment and what that looks like as a Christian to be in the workplace. Um, and one of the um, and it was fantastic, by the way. I thought it was really useful last week. I'd kinda, it's been in my mind this week as I've been at work, just different points to take from it. So I think it was a, a beneficial morning, definitely. Um, but one of the tension points that were there um, was in the area, and I kind of planned this talk before last week anyway, but it kind of fits in really well. And one of the tension points was when they talked about um, working in the scripture, working as if working for the Lord. So doing your job the best that you possibly can. Um, but then how that ties in with family life and doing family life well and doing church well. Um, and how these things kind of all fit in to our life. So this morning, um, I want to look at this area a little bit of how we make all this stuff work better because what happens I think is we have a morning like last week where we talk about the importance of work and we need to work well work as if working for the Lord and then we you know as we talked about last week our family life how that fits in church life how that fits in Um, and then we come to church another week and there'll be a talk about the importance of us needing I don't know to spend more time with our friends and really invest in our friendships and we think yeah brilliant I want to do that That, that's something that's really important but then we come to church the next week and there's a talk about how we need to spend more time reading our bibles and we think yeah that's right I, I need to do that in my life and then the next week we need to pray more the week after that we need to evangelize more the week after that there's a really good talk about uh, looking after yourself and exercising and eating when you think absolutely I need to fit all this into my life and suddenly we can get to a point where how on earth do I fit all this into my time because I've not got time for it and then a week goes by another week goes by another week goes by and we realize all these inspirational talks we might have heard at different points we we've not even had time to think about it, let alone implement it. So I want to kind of look at this a little bit this morning and how we navigate our way through um, having all these different things that we're meant to do and should be doing and are good things. We agree all these things are good, good things that we want to do, but so many of us um, struggle to fit it all in. One of the things that I hear so often from people when I see them, as how are you doing, you had a good week, the two words that come up most often are I'm tired or I'm busy. They're the, they're the two words that I hear most often. How have you had a good week here? Yeah, I'm tired or yeah, it's been busy. You know, it's just tired or busy, tired or busy. And this means that because we're so tired, because we're so busy, these important things that we value as important, we would agree they are important, they can sometimes just get left out and go to the bottom of the pile or not done at all. And so many of us, even this morning, we've walked in and we're feeling overtired, we're feeling over busy, we're feeling overstretched, overscheduled, just so much on. And we just feel... You know, we got out of bed and we've just got to church. But really, we're just, some of us are shattered. (laughs) Just got so much on and so much stuff that we've not even touched yet that we think and we know that we need to do. So we're going to look this morning 
a passage of scripture which we'll be familiar with. And when we open up this passage, you're going to go, yeah, right, okay, I know this story. And I know the rest of the morning, so I can switch off now. I've heard this one before. But let's stick with it. It's the story of Mary and Martha um, in Luke chapter 10, verse 38. So we're going to read this together. And I just want to say before, before I do this, Lydia's pretty much stolen my talk this morning. We didn't confer. We didn't, um, she didn't know what I was talking about. But she's pretty much stolen my, you know, the essence of my talk. So I'm going to see that as a good thing this morning and not a negative thing. <laughs> Hopefully I've got a little bit more to say in the kind of half an hour that I'm going to talk for. Um, uh, but yeah, so I think that maybe, just maybe God wants to speak to us about something this morning. And that's not an accident. But God wants to bring something to our attention. But we're going to read these few verses. Luke chapter 10, verse 38. And it says, As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, Don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen, Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. So we're going to come back to that passage in just a few minutes. But first of all, you know, we, we live, I think we'd agree, we live very much in a culture of busy. We live in a world where it's busy. We're busy. We're always busy, busy, busy. Many of us are so busy, we don't get a breath. It never stops. It keeps going. We just kind of round and round and round and round it goes. And there's others of us where even if we're not busy, if someone asks us, you know, how are you doing? You say busy, because if you don't say you're busy, then in our culture, that must mean that you're just a bit lazy, you don't really do anything, maybe you're a bit boring, or you say you're busy, because if you don't say you're busy, you're worried that you're going to get given a job, and then you will be busy. We live, that's the culture that we live in, where it's busy, 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 and busy is celebrated. You're meant to be busy. We live in a culture where we feel stretched all the time, because there's so many demands that are probably placed upon us. And it's not just that we're busy. We live in a culture of multitasking. At any one moment, we, we could be watching the kids at the same time as doing the food shop on the, on the laptop, at the same time as organizing something with someone on our phone. And we can have so many things. Just at one moment in time, we can be doing any number of jobs where we're just overstretched, we're over busy, so, so much always going on. Now, I remember um, there used to be a, a TV program on called Tomorrow's World if you remember that, and it was uh, 7 o'clock on a BBC, something like, something like that. And this is a program where they, all the new gadgets, all the new technology things that are coming out and what the world might look like in a few years' time. And I remember watching that program in probably about, it must have been the mid-90s sometime, and they were talking about this thing that was just kind of you know, coming into prominence called the Internet. And they talked about the internet. And the internet was meant to be this thing. That I remember them saying, you'll be able to send a letter f- from yourself to someone on the other side of the world in a matter of seconds. Wow, this thing's going to be amazing. The internet will allow you to find whatever photo you want, whatever video you want. You'll be able to do these things in an instant. Whatever, you know, all these equations and maths and sums and things. These, all these things that now take us hours, they will be done in a matter of moments. 
And I remember at the time thinking, oh, wow, the, the futuristic year of 2016. We're, we're going to be living a life of leisure, aren't we? These things that take us all this time, it's just going to take seconds. We're going we're gonna to be able to start work late. We're going to be able to have lunch early, have a long lunch, finish early. Just, we're just going to be able to relax because we have the internet. The, in, the information superhighway, I think they refer to it as. And this is the futuristic thing that was going to change all of our lives. But it doesn't seem to have panned out that way, does it? It doesn't seem to have made us any less busy. It's probably made us busier than we've ever been because it means that we now have more expectations on us than ever, ever before. And this is kind of where we find ourselves at. And I think this story that we read with Mary and Martha speaks to this so well. In this story, you've got Mary and you've got Martha that are at home. And Jesus, after a busy time away, he comes to their house, I think just to relax, just to have some time with them. And Martha is one of these busy people. Now, I like busy people. Busy people are good because they get things done. They get jobs done. If we never did anything, it would be in a mess. Martha, you know, I don't want to put Martha down too, too much. You know, she was busy. But she'd got some priorities, I think, just a little bit wrong. Because she's in the kitchen. You hear pots clanging away and bashing, dropping, trying to cook, trying to make drinks, trying to give a quick sweep, trying to get everything done. Busy, 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 busy. While Mary, the nerve, <laughs> the nerve, she's there just sat with Jesus talking to Jesus. So Martha, you can see her storming out, storming out of the kitchen and saying, Jesus, don't you care? Look at Mary. What's she doing? She's just sat. Oh, look, can you see how busy I am? Busy. I've got all these things. There's so much stuff that needs to get done. But then Mary, she's just sat there. Would you have a word with her? And Jesus just says, Martha, Martha. I love it. It's not just Martha. It's Martha, Martha. Just, just calm. <laughs> Martha. He says, Mary has chosen she chose all, all that stuff that there was to do. Mary chose what was better. I think this is a story that talks of the importance of not always being busy, but learning to stop, learning to rest, learning to switch off. Even though there's all the stuff that needs to be done in the kitchen, I, think, I don't think Martha was probably just making jobs up. It's probably stuff that had to get done. But she'd got some of the order of these things wrong. And I think this is a a, a story that can talk to this so much. This is where uh, Lydia has preempted what I'm talking on. Lydia talked about cups, but I'm going to be slightly more clumsy with a bucket this morning. I think I've got a nice picture of a bucket. There's my bucket. I guess it could be a cup or it could be a number of things. But uh, that's my bucket this morning. And the top arrow on that bucket is... um, when we are feeling full in life, when we are feeling um, like we are rested, when we're relaxed, when we're chilled, when we've got stuff in order, that is a good place to be. I don't know whether you can think of a time, you might be going some time back maybe, but I don't know whether you can think of a time when you felt full. When you felt like you were rested, when you felt like you didn't have just everything going crazy, chaotic in life. A time in life when you were at the top of the bucket, when we're full. We make good decisions. When we're full, we are well rested. We enjoy our families. We enjoy our friends. We think clearly in our work. When we're full, we're more creative. We're much more creative when we're full. We eat well. We sleep well. We might exercise well. When we live life from a place of fullness, we, we might be more giving people. We're more gracious people. 
We're slower to anger. And I think even we, we hear that gentle whisper of God's voice more when we're at that place, when we feel full, when we feel well, when we feel rested. Life is just better. It's just better when we live life from that place. When we're down this other end, when we're empty, when we've been busy, 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 chaos, stretch, hectic, busy, we make poor decisions. We're tired. Our families and our friends, they frustrate us. We don't enjoy them. In our work, we're reactive all the time. We're just reacting all this problem and that problem and just trying to fix stuff. We get in ruts in our life. We become stingy. We become short-tempered. Our faith can feel dry. And I think the biggest word is we can become very resentful. When we're empty, we begin resenting things, resenting people. And I think that's kind of what Martha was doing. She was resenting the fact that Mary was able to just sit I'm doing all this work. I'm doing all this work. Why can't she do more work? She resented Mary and she resented the situation. This morning, what I want us to, to encourage us to do is to think about putting some stuff into place in our life to make sure that we can live nearer to the top of that bucket than the bottom. I don't think uh, these talks are liked because we want to just be busy. I, I, I must be busy. If I'm not busy, there's something wrong. I'm one of those lazy people. But I think um, there's something very important and spiritually mature about understanding limits, understanding what we need to do to be more effective and better people so we can be better in our work, in our families, in our friendships, in our community, in all the different aspects of our life. Now, before we move on, I want to stress that the Bible is positive about hard work and it's generally negative about laziness. You only need to scan through the Proverbs to see that the Bible is positive about hard work and it's negative about laziness. So this is not for one minute a talk where we just need to throw our job in, we need to stop doing this and stop doing that and stop turning up for this event and oh, I don't need to see that person anymore because I just need to be, you know, sit on a chair and relax. No, it's not a talk about that. This is more about making us more effective in our work rather um, than being ineffective. Because so often we can be busy, busy, we can be the busy bodies rushing around being busy, but we are not called to be busy. We are called to be fruitful. And that's the big difference. This morning there's a talk about how we can be more fruitful rather than just be busy. Because busy can just be nonsense. Busy can mean nothing. It can just be rushing around being busy bodies, which I don't think is one of the fruit of the Spirit. <laughs> to be a busybody. We want to be fruitful. So I've got three ways this morning that I want us to look at of how I think that we can do this. It's probably not an all-encompassing list, but three particular things that I think um, if we could implement some of these, I think it would benefit us. We, we're going to hear these and we, um, you know, let's be real about it. We're probably not going to implement them all. But if there's something of some of them that we can kind of get to grips with or think about or try and build in, I think that it could make a huge, 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 huge difference to our lives. The first point that I want us to look at this morning is that we need to be able to intentionally rest. We need to intentionally rest. In Genesis chapter 1, when God makes us, um, 
we're going to get into some people, literal days or not literal days, doesn't bother to me right now. But God made us on the sixth day. Sixth day we made. He did all the rest of it before. Day six, we were made. Day seven was the day of rest. So we were made on day six, day rest, day seven. Not, we weren't made on day one, had a hard week's work, and then we rested on day seven. We were made on day six and rested on day seven. We think of the rest day often as being at the end of the week, but I think we need to begin to see it as the first day of the week. The start of the week is the day of rest. We need to live from the Sabbath, not to the Sabbath. We need to live from the Sabbath and not to the Sabbath. For some of us, so often, we get to the end of the week, we get to Friday night or whatever it is when our working week ends, and we're just so exhausted that we just kind of collapse into our sofa maybe, And the weekend is just about moving as little as we possibly can get away with. We might just pop TV on Netflix, whatever it is, and it's just about slumping and just just trying to just get somewhere higher in that bucket, just something in that bucket that can just about carry us through from Monday morning into the week. But my challenge this morning is that I think we need to be more intentional about the way that we rest. I think that kind of rest where we just sit down in our sofa and just bleh, I, I don't think that is um, the best form of rest. I think of that as that, I call that passive rest. It's just I sit down, what will be will be, and you kind of, it doesn't, I don't find it really recharges us brilliantly. I'm not speaking anything against TV or films. I love TV, I love films, you know, make time, brilliant, watch that. That might be how you unwind, fantastic. But I want us to be more intentional about it rather than just that kind of passive sort of rest. So this morning I want us to think about some things that fill your bucket up. What really, really, really fills your bucket up? Just ignore other voices at the moment. You've not got time for that. You can't do that. can't afford that. All that kind of stuff. Just ignore that for a moment. What is it that you can do? What do you do in your life that when you finish, you feel fuller? You feel fresher? You feel like you've been, your bucket has been filled up a little bit? Just one example for me. I, um, I tried to play football once or twice a week with some of the guys from the church on the Monday. And I, what I love about the football, I love the exercise, I love football, I love seeing the guys, all that kind of thing. What I love about, this is just for me, I'm not saying that we all need to play football, <laughs> but for me, when I play football, for that hour where I'm at football, my brain thinks of nothing else. I love it. My brain thinks of absolutely nothing. If you've played football with me, you might be thinking, that's right, your brain does think of nothing when you play football. But my brain thinks of nothing. At the end of that hour, I feel like it's like therapeutic as anything. All the stuff that's gone on in the day, all the stuff that's been busy, I feel like I just had a complete hour's break from it. Because for that hour, I'm just chasing the ball, (laughs) shouting at people. (laughs) You know, it's rest, complete rest. And for me, that is one way where I have learned about myself, that is how I keep my bucket full. Something as simple as that, an hour's football. It's not the most spiritual thing in the world, but we've got to, I think we need to think about these things that keep our bucket full. And this is really, really important. And I think this might be something that you need to you think, think about. You might need to scribble some ideas down. You might need to talk about it with your, with your wives or your husbands, that kind of thing, and you might have an argument about it. <laughs> so, you, you know, this needs to be tactfully done. It needs to be realistic. This isn't Tom 
all right, Tom said that I need to start going for a week in Venice every month. This isn't that talk. This needs to be something that works for you. But I think it is so important that we're not just busy, 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 but we look after ourselves to try and keep the bucket full. The second thing. So we need to intentionally rest. And I think we also need to intentionally plan. We need to intentionally plan, plan. Don't talk about planning time. That's not very restful. What are you talking about? I think we need to intentionally plan. There's a quote that I heard about 18 months ago from a pastor called Jay Pathak, and it's been on a blackboard in my kitchen all that time where you're meant to write, like, buy eggs, buy milk, all that kind of thing. But it's been there for 18 months, and it says that urgent things always crowd out important things. I think we've got that quote to go up there. Urgent things always crowd out important things. What does this mean? I've had a few people that have read that, and I know they didn't get it because they didn't hear the talk that I heard it from. And uh, it's just a bit of a random little thing on a blackboard in the kitchen, which you don't usually see. What this means, I think, is when I procrastinate, when I put stuff off, when I'm just, you know, lazy and just do that thing where I slump in my chair, when I don't do the stuff that I need to do, the stuff that's... Um, that needs doing, if I leave it to the last moment, if I leave it to the night before, suddenly something that is not very important has become urgent. It's become urgent, which means that the important things don't happen because I've got something urgent. So if you've got a tax return that needs to be done and you leave it and you leave it and you leave it, oh, I'll, I'll, get to it. I'll get to it one day, yeah, I'll get to it, just finish off this program, finish, blah, 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 blah. If you leave it and you leave it, suddenly, the night before it's due, you think, ah, oh, my tax return. So you, suddenly, something that wasn't you know, one, uh, important in the grand scheme of life has become something that is urgent. And the, your children's play at school, the time that you're going to have with your wife, the church thing that you're going to go to, suddenly, the thing that is important can't happen. It's gone. You can't do it because something has become urgent. Urgent things always crowd out important things. I think for some of us in our church, we have, uh, we did a whole series last year. We talked a little bit about this at our Connect group this week. We did a whole series last year on the gifts of the Spirit, the things that we're gifted in. You know, all those different things. You know, we, we filled out those forms some of you might have where it showed you what your gifts were. There might be other things. You might be creative. You might be artists or drawers, songwriters. All these, all these different things that I think are important things in life. They're really important. They're important for us being who God's made us to be, to be the church that we can be. But for some of us, because we've got so much stuff that becomes urgent, we don't have time for the important stuff. The urgent things will always crowd out important things. What we often do is we, we kind of start the week and we just let the week happen to us. You know, we go to work and then whatever we've got left after work, you know, oh, if, I, if I've got any energy in me at, you know, 20 minutes past seven, I might get to that church thing for half past seven or if, you know, that Sunday morning we wait, you know, we just leave it if, 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 I've, oh, if I can do it. If I've got everything else done, if everything else is sorted, then I might, you know, I might just about make it. But again, back to that story of Mary and Martha, there was work to be done. But Mary prioritized. She knew what was important over what was urgent. So I want to kind of challenge us again. And again, I'm, I'm, no, I'm no fool. I know we're not going to sit down and do all these things. Probably if you did, I think it would be great. And I think lives would be better for it. But just to be better at kind of thinking through our weeks thinking through our time 
everyone's got the same amount of time in a week, haven't they? But just to be more intentional about what we do with our time. So, you you know, you might want to just, if you can imagine seven, just imagine seven lines on a piece of paper. One for each day. And start with, right, from there to there, I'm at work. From there to there, I'm at work. And on and on and on. You know, for me, Monday's right, football, bump, bump, that's an hour. That, I'm there, I'm there, I'm every, you know, I play every week. That's, that's in my calendar. Sophie knows it, I know it, it just happens. There's no, <laughs> it's in my schedule, I planned it. And then there might be some other things like, you know, something with worship team that we're doing, or connect group, or time with Sophie. And I try to, I'm not always brilliant, I fail at this regularly, we will always fail at this, but I don't think that should stop us trying. But just kind of beginning to think through, right, what am I doing when? And then we plan everything else around it, all the other stuff, the rest, the, you know, the stuff that fills us up, the stuff that fills our bucket. If we don't do this, I just think it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. So often it just, you know, we, oh, I can't be bothered. Even, it's, it amazes me how even stuff that I love, I like, back to the football example, I love playing football. But it's amazing how come seven o'clock when we play eight o'clock, part of me thinks, oh, oh I can't be bothered. I can't be bothered. It'd be, it'd be so easy just to, you know, bleh, do that passive rest, which I don't think actually fills our bucket very well. So I intentionally... Rest, <laughs> intentionally plan. I think this will make us much more effective. And the third one, the third point, is to intentionally enjoy. Intentionally enjoy. First of all, intentionally enjoy Jesus. So as I said, so Mary didn't wait until there was nothing to do because she would have been waiting for a long, 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 long time. But Mary realized that she wanted, Jesus was there. Jesus had come. So she wanted to enjoy him. She wanted to make sure that she prioritized that time with Jesus because as Lydia said earlier, it fills us up. It fills us up. I'll be stuff in this coming week that you know like, oh, I don't know whether I've got what I need to get through that. I don't know whether I've got enough energy for that event or that meeting at work or this or that, whatever it might be. But that time with Jesus, Mary knew, I think, that it was going to benefit her. And that's what Jesus said. I'm just going to read a little passage from this book. I read this to the worship team the other week, so I apologize for duplication. But I think it's really good. Um, Just a few paragraphs. I'm just going to read this. And this is the book, Whatever Happened to Worship, by A.W. Tozer. And he says, We all should be willing to work for the Lord. But it is a matter of grace on God's part. He says, I am of the opinion that we should not be concerned about working for God until we have learned the meaning and the delight of worshipping him. So at this point you think, all right, yeah, we've got to sing more songs, Tom, I get it. We've got to put worship music on and all that. No, I'm going to carry on. He's talking about something a bit different. He says, a worshipper can work with eternal quality in his work. But a a worker who does not worship is only piling up wood, hay and stubble for the time when God sets the world on fire. I fear that there are many professing Christians who do not want to hear such statements about their busy schedule. But it is the truth. God, and this is the bit now, okay, if you've switched off, hear the sentence. God is trying to call us back to that for which he created us. To worship him and to enjoy him forever. 
It is then out of our deep worship that we do his work. So God is trying to call us back to that for which he created us, to worship him and to enjoy him, to enjoy him forever. It is then out of our deep worship that we do his work. We are shortly entering into a new season at church. The building has been purchased. It currently looks like a building site because they're making various changes um, as part of the deal. So it's going to suit us a lot better in what we want to use it for. But this building, it's not going to solve all our problems. It's not going to, having a building in one way means very, very little for a church. But it also gives us a lot more opportunity to do different things. And I really believe that God is calling some of us at the start of this season um, to something more. I think God is calling some of us in the church over this coming kind of weeks and months to begin to rise up. And that might, you might think, oh no, <laughs> don't do that, God. <laughs> Please, no. Okay, but this is good. It's good because it is, um, it is an honor and it is beautiful. It is wonderful when we serve Jesus. But if we carry on living in this place where we are, where we're just busy, busy, tired, 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 busy, busy, tired, tired, life happening to us rather than being intentional about things. These things won't happen. The urgent things will always, always crowd out the important things. To see these important things happen is going to require us to be more intentional, more intentional about filling the bucket up, more intentional about looking after ourselves. You know, I'd be thinking at this point, this isn't a very spiritual talk, really. This is one of those self-helpy sort of things, you know. It's just like, you've got to do better, work harder. But I just, I think it's so, so, so much more than that. But God, this is something that God's been really speaking to me about and challenging me about over the past uh, probably four or five weeks now. And I think it is, it is more than just a bit of a self-help talk. I think this is vital. I think there is so much, so much in this as a church. What Jack spoke on a couple of weeks ago about um, that word cellar, you know, when we pause, breathe in, just relax, breathe in. That word that we just read in the Bible, just sit on it, meditate, think, stop, be still, and know that he is God. That has just hung around in my mind, and I'm convinced that there is something key in that for our church at the moment. I think there is something almost prophetic in what Jack spoke a couple of weeks ago. It's not left me, and not just for me, for me, but I think it's for us. And I think with uh, what Jack said two weeks ago, with what Lydia said this morning, and what I'm saying now, I think, I really feel that this is something God is wanting to do in us at the moment. Because when our bucket is empty, we just, we make the worst decisions when we live from that place of just exhaustion, that's when we turn to, you know, we turn to drink, we turn to um, the old friends on Facebook who we shouldn't really be (laughs) having much to do with anymore. We turn to pornography. We turn to stuff which is just destructive. It's destructive. And that's why this is such an important talk because we need to live life from that place fuller up in that bucket rather than running on empty all the time. Because if we continue to live on empty, we won't be effective. We might be busy 
but we won't be fruitful. And I want to be part of a church that is fruitful, not busy. Busy, 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 busy. Jesus, can you come and talk to her? Look, she's not doing anything. Busy. No, fruitful. Fruitful. The gifts that are in our church is incredible. But I think so many of them are just not getting used because busy, 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 busy. I want us to be a fruitful church. So just I'm going to finish by saying this one, one more thing. If uh, Theo and Sam want to come and just start playing. I just want to, um, in closing, I've talked about all this stuff and I talked about it because I think it is important and I think that it's stuff that can change us massively. So I encourage you to go away, to be thinking about this, to be praying about it. Get a piece of paper, just scribble stuff down. How, what is it? What is it that you could do just to try and get a bit more order in your life so you can try and live with your bucket fuller? Scribble stuff down. Some of it might be unrealistic and it's not going to work practically. At some point it might, but stuff that can actually happen so that we can live from that place out full rather than empty. But I just want to say, um, as, as we finish, some of us, we've heard what I said this morning and you think, you might be thinking, yeah, 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 you're, you're right, but it's not going to happen. <laughs> it's not going to happen just too tired I've got too much going on some of you might be not quite as passive as that and you think you haven't got a clue what I've done this week you haven't got a clue what my life looks like and you might just have like been fantasizing that you've got a bat in your hand and you're smacking me over the head well that's fine just don't do it I ask nicely <laughs> don't hit me with that bat but I just want to say if, if that's you this morning and, and this talk is just you're a few steps removed from it at the moment you're just, at the moment, you're just feeling, I'm just shattered. I'm just completely empty. I'm burnt out. All the stuff you talked about, yep, sounds lovely, sounds rosy, but it's not, if you saw my life, there's not a chance. I just want to encourage you this morning that God is with you. God is with you and that there is rest. There is rest. There is rest. So um, Theo is going to sing to us this morning. We're not going to join in yet. We will worship later. But I just wanted to just give us a, a chance. In the middle of a busy, hectic life, I'm going to give you the gift this morning of three or four minutes space. <laughs> just to be still. The words, I think, might come on the screen so we can read them if we want to. But I just want to encourage you just to wait on God to be still to know that he is God you might want to just be thinking practically about some of the stuff that I've talked about and how that can be implemented what that can look like but we're not in a rush just yet the kids I'm sure will tear in shortly but I think we've got a few minutes where we can just just be still So let's just do that. You might want to just close your eyes. I don't know. Whatever that looks like. And let's just give God a bit of room to be God in our life. So God, I just pray that you would fill this moment now. Fill us with peace. Fill us with hope.
pray for all the rushing around that happens in our bodies and in our minds and in our hearts. I pray, peace, be still. There's an old hymn that says, Take from our souls the strive and stress and let our ordered lives confess the beauty of your peace. Amen. For more information about our church or to access more of our resources, please visit thefreedomcenter.com.